It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. The opinions expressed in the following podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide education and entertainment about the financial industry and the stock market. Enjoy. On this episode of Pennies Going In Raw, we discuss this week in the market. Then we interview Grayson Allen, NBA player and NCAA champion on his new journey learning to trade, comparisons in trading in pro sports, and much more. Find out life's this game of pennies. Oh, you guys know we only have a 40% runner. Hello? 40% is a fucking killing. We've been compliant for too long. It's time we go to war. I don't have a Roth. Q knows so much about the market that his brain doesn't have enough room for grammar. Hey, who told me about Idex? It's going up a shit ton now. We're up 4%, baby. No way. 4% fucking percent. You asked the exact same question with two words <laughs> different. It's like, fuck, man. I just got dick whipped for like... 20%, and now that f***er's up like 50. I bet Warren Buffett never did that. I'm just making this voice memo to call out unusual whales to a fight. The pennies we need are everywhere around us. Pennies. 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 Going in raw. Featuring Dan, Deity It Dips, and Hugh Honey. Produced by Vinny. And Christian. Let's, Let's go, go, baby. Welcome back to another episode of Pennies Going In Raw. Today is Wednesday, August the 11th. And, you know, we're seeing like the switch up. It goes from like accumulation of small caps to large caps to just this shorten up. It just seems like August is the month that you just have to have every tool on your tool belt or like you just can't. Obviously, we say it every week, but you can't fight the trend. And it's just more so in August. Yeah, no, this is definitely a month where, you know, you can easily blow up your, you know, 30% of your account when the transition is happening between, you know, large caps, small caps. If you overstay on a trend, then, you know, you could easily, let's say Monday, you could lose last week's gains. And then Tuesday, you are, you know, playing from the back and you're trying to registrate just to get back from last week's gains. And then, uh, you know, that's the time where instead of losing last week's gains, now you lose five to 10% of your account. And then from there, uh, Wednesday rolls around and I mean, you just dig yourself deeper and that's where it can quickly, you know, one or two plays can quickly have you down 20, 25, you know, hell, 30% of your account. Uh, so that's when it, it's really, you know, really tough as a newer trader and for any trader to, you know, identify a trend, <laughs> think that that trend is going to be there for a while. And then when that trend, you know, is only there for, you know, let's call it like the 24 hour news cycle. Uh, you know, I mean, that's when you can get yourself into trouble. I mean, it, it happened to me. It happens to a lot of traders. And that's one thing that you really have to be careful of is, is you know, being nimble with these different trends. I mean, uh, this week we're seeing small caps do well. Last week it was, you know, as Dan said, all about AMD and the large caps. And uh, like I said, if you overstay on a trend, you know, you could quickly find yourself, you know, digging yourself a, a pretty deep hole. Yeah. And I think it's something a lot of new traders will experience. They'll always be that month. And especially after it seems like, the market's been treating you so well you'll have that cold streak where it just takes it out of you and if you don't and if you allow it to be a whole month period where it takes 25 percent of your account it's going to be really tough because you're going to be aiming for that number you were at beforehand the rest of the year oh yeah 
I mean, we all know how it goes. It's one of those things where, you know, it's super tough to have daily P&L goals and daily goals in general because, you know, one month can really put you back you know, or can put you back or give you that confidence. You know, January was super hot for a lot of traders. So if you were, so if you had, you know, let's say that you did a hundred percent on your account and I mean, you hit like half of your yearly goal, let's call it, then you were going to probably say that you could do three or four X on your account, you know, like that, like that wouldn't be crazy to think. Um, but then if you were to, if you were to judge the same thing in March, you know, you would have gotten, most traders gotten killed. So it's one of those things where having, you know, a daily PL or daily loss can really kind of kill you, um, especially like in a market like this where, you know, maybe you just want to make $1,000, maybe you just want to make $100 a day, something like that. Yeah. And I think since we're, you know, interviewing someone on this episode who has a huge time commitment being a professional basketball player, and then obviously a ton of our listeners are kind of new starting out. They have a job. It, how, how exactly are, you know, we always tell the people that have jobs, if, if you want to trade while working and you can't be at your computer all day or even for long extended periods of time, it's mainly just swing, swing, swing. But in markets where swings aren't really working, what exactly are they supposed to do? Is it just a, they're just supposed to sit out and watch? Well, I actually think the ideal situation for most swing, swing traders is to have a second income, whether that be a job or something. For me personally, it just doesn't make sense with, you know, the I mean, the podcast is my second job and stuff. And, you know, I mean, uh, trying to take care of, you know, Twitter and, and trying to educate, you know, like that's what I consider my second job. But I mean, for most swing traders, it, it's beneficial to have a second income to, and to have a second job. Now that doesn't mean that you just go away, you know, for for months months at a time. But what that means is is that um, you know, you have your shopping list, I call it. You know, you have your shopping list ready and you stalk these different plays all the time. I mean, you're constantly staying familiar with them. You know, you keep up with their with their management, you keep up with their news, you know, uh things like that. And and by doing so, when the time comes, it, it, you know, you're ready to attack. The thing that I can think of to most help people realize this is uh, Clove. I think it was end of April or May when Clove had two days of massive volume. I think it was uh, in two days, it had more volume than all of uh, than all of the previous two months combined. So, I mean, that's huge to think about. In two days, it had the previous two months volume. So, when I think about it, it, I mean, that would be that would be the trigger if I was a swing trader that really wasn't actively inside the market, you know, day trading and stuff like that. That would be my signal to, you know, put some money into the market and to attack because, uh, you know, that signal that algos are back on. That's a signal that, you know, uh, things are happening. And I mean, Clove moved massive. It wasn't like Clove just didn't move. I mean, Clove, Clove had a really good, good uh, two day stretch there. You know, I, I guess when you're watching it and you're waiting for your time to really hop in, is it, you know, you know the stocks you want to enter. Let's say it's like lots and and you also kind of feel like the lockdowns are going to start again. So you're kind of thinking maybe some food delivery plays like waiter or something. And you see like both of those, you know, yesterday or two days ago looked like decent entries. And now you're looking at them today on Tuesday and they're both down like 10 to 15% again. And although, you know, earnings reports and stuff had a play into those, but when exactly should you, you, you enter those stocks? Do you wait for the volume to come back in? Do you wait for a chart reversal? Yeah. I mean, as we just talked about with Clove, you know, I mean, I wait for I, I personally wait for massive volume because volume precedes price action. So I think that, you know, when, when we're when if I'm a swing trader that who's you know pretty much playing outside of the market, then I'm waiting for that time, you know, in that signal. You know, it can't be one of those things where you just say, like, hey, I'm taking off, uh, you know, February, you know, because that, that's not really how it works. You know, you don't get to choose uh, when the market's hot and cold. So. I really wait for those big volume days or, or those days where you have like a Kodak last year. You know, I think Kodak was a perfect, uh, was a perfect uh, moment as well. 
And when, when that happens, you know, it, it, when that happens, you know, that's when you can kind of attack and you can, and because you know your shopping list and because you know exactly what you're doing, um, you know, and you know, where, you know, where your entries are, you know, where support and resistance is because you've been stalking those plays for months. Um, you know, that's when you can really go after it. Uh, for me, it's something like uh, like I've been watching lots and waiter for uh, you know one of my good friends. You know, he he's been watching waiter for like two weeks. I just started a position on it because it's down thirty percent. You know, if Delta if the Delta variant starts, then you know starts to get worse. You know, I mean, people are gonna flock flock back to those you know deli- food delivery plays. You know, maybe maybe some of the COVID vaccines, but um, you know, I think it's a really safe place and it's almost a penny stock again uh the market cap's like 180 million and they're doing 200 million in revenue a year so i think that that's a pretty safe one and then lots you know i've been watching lots since like six you know like here and there and it's never and it doesn't mean that you know all of a sudden be like yep here's the entry on lots but if a big volume day comes in and it comes up on a scanner or you know or or let's just say we have some fundamental news about used cars something like that then that would have me interested um to take a position i mean here at four dollars you know (laughs) i mean it's pretty cheap but it's one of those cases where the uh management over promised and under delivered uh the the best example besides that that i can think of is uh bloom energy like four years ago the ce came out and said they would be profitable within like a year and i mean it's been like four years and right before we go into the grace now interview uh we will be putting out an eventbrite uh either today wednesday the august 11th or this upcoming saturday at 9 a.m eastern time um so be watch on that if you guys are coming to reno or if you guys have thought about coming to reno you know sign up um just so we can get a better idea of you know the head count things like that and uh you know, say we can make this an awesome event for everybody. All right. Well, with that being said, we'll now go into our interview with, like we said, NCAA champion, NBA player, for his very first interview since being traded on Friday to the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending champions from the Memphis Grizzlies. With no further ado, Grayson Allen. Hey, guys. I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. (sighs) Good one, Dad. (sighs) Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Today we have NCAA champion, NBA player, and new trader, and also recently traded, Grayson Allen. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. How you doing? Doing all right, man. It's uh, you. You do a lot of things. I'll be honest. From uh, <laughs> from gaming, streaming, and uh, obviously basketball. Now you're uh, even starting to trade. Yeah. Well, that was a good intro. How long did it take you to think of that one? Uh, this is on spot right now, man. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> oh, we, I've, got, I've got a couple uh, traded trading puns. Uh, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll knock a couple of them out later. <laughs> but we're going to start this out on trading questions specifically. This is a trading podcast. When did you guys start trading? I mean, are you the COVID trader typically or, or what, what is it? <laughs> 
Uh, basically. So I started, I want to say it was October of last year. So um, it's been like, what, 10 months now I've been trading. Um, and I hadn't done anything before that. You know, I'm like super conservative with my money. So I was basically holding mostly cash. Um, and I saw like this big crash of the market and I was like, oh, I don't think this is going to last. So I wish I would have like just started jumping into things aggressively, but um, I kind of like slowly just started to get into trading. You decided to be smart instead of go all in and put your whole like signing bonus in it? Yeah, basically. Dude, the financial part of me is sweating hearing you tell me that like most of your money was just sitting in cash. Like it's like <laughs> I'm sweating. My, my hands are sweating over here hearing that. I, I had the like you know, like the basic stuff. Like I know you'll be happy to hear, like I was already doing the IRA contributions. My man. Oh <laughs> yeah. man. This is, this is exciting stuff, guys. Oh yeah, man. But other than that, it was just pretty much cash. Yeah. Most, uh, most interviews we do don't have a, uh, a contract like yours. So, you know, it's a little different for this. Um, but I mean, what, what has trading been like so far? Like what, what has been the most difficult part? And then also like, what do you find rewarding about it besides just the cash? Um, well, so when I started out for like kind of like a month, I was kind of like just I, I didn't put a lot of money in. So I was just making real small trades here and there. And I had no idea what I was doing. And then for like a two, three month period, like I pretty much tripled my account just not knowing what I was doing, just complete beginner's luck, just like seeing a ticker on Twitter and throwing money at it. And then boom, like, um, those are the days, I, like <laughs> the, the biggest trade I had was I bought like way out of the money options for <laughs> I, uh, IDEX <laughs> and they went, I started scaling out at like 3000% on them. It's a good, that's a good uh, point <laughs> so, to take profits, man. So, yeah. So there was pretty much just me getting extremely lucky for two or three months and then came back to reality for the next two or three months when I had no plan to protect my downside and not every, not every single play was running. Um, so at that point during that period, I kind of had to figure out what exactly I wanted to do, kind of my trading plan to have a, what my risk level was. Was this in uh, like February of this year, like 2021, when we kind of had like that slower market? Yeah. And so you went from being up 300% to, did you lose? Did, did you lose or? So right now where I sit is uh, basically a little above even. Um, but most of that is because I started pretty small. And so like my total account size now is way bigger than what I started with. So those like, you know, five, 10, 15% losses I was got like two months ago were like the same size as my 300% wins from, you know, 10 months ago. So um, I'm just glad that I'm, I'm like pretty much sitting above even and I didn't, you know, jump all in at first and lose all that. How much uh, does your like practice schedule and everything affect or like go into your trading strategy? Um, so, you know, it, it makes me mostly have to do swing trades just because I can't like, yeah. you know, there's going to be three or four hours one day where I can't like monitor a trade. And so yeah. a day trade, I can't I can't just be like stressing about a day trade while I'm at practice or something, you know? Um, so actually during the season though is when I actually have more time to day trade because our games are at night. Sometimes you shoot around in the morning, sometimes you don't. Um, so there's actually like a four hours in the morning where you're free. So, I mean, if you're stressing about it, is this money that moves the needle for you? Or is this just like, it could be $50 and it'll still stress you out? Or is this like, you're um, like... It, it wasn't before. Now I'm to the point where my account is like, you know, if I put if I was day trading with like my full like what I call full position size now, I would definitely be stressing about it. Yeah. But. But I still at this point, like I still have that very conservative mentality, so I'm still preventing myself from like throwing big money into one play. It still like makes me want to spread it out. 
Yeah. No, I mean, those are definitely good points. Because, I mean, especially because you got to think about it. It's only been since, well, like, I guess you're coming up on about a year trading. Yeah. But, I mean, that's kind of where you start to really find your strategy and everything anyways. Yeah. But at, the, at this point, like, I'm starting to feel more confident, like, taking bigger positions. And that's only because, like, I know my level to get out. Like, I know my risk is... Five to ten percent most of the time is the max risk that I'm going to take on something. So knowing that, like, kind of gives me more confidence in my position size. Do you have any plays that you're just long forever on? Like uh, <laughs> maybe um, the ticker trip, trip advisor. Oh wow! You like that one? <laughs> that was from the intern. <laughs> That's a good one. Thanks, man. Yeah, but it was a serious question. There, do you have um, anything? Else? <laughs> uh, not that I'm just like long without even thinking about. Um, so the way I have it now is, um, I'm not like I don't have I don't manage all of my cash in a trading account. Like, so I have a financial advisor and have like a majority of that sitting in a fund. That's just I'm not going to look at it. I'll look at it in ten years. You know. Um, and that's in all your blue chip stocks, right? Like Tesla, Apple, like the big guys. Um, and then for me, I have two separate Webull accounts. One that I take swings that I manage closely. And the other one is stocks that I kind of like and accumulate on dips. Um, Palantir has been a big one. Stim. Um, Lucid. You're taking this pretty seriously. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, I love it. And the, you know, my, my girlfriend kind of looks at me weird, but I'm spending like an hour just looking at charts and drawing lines. And she's like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> but for me, like that's, it's enjoyable. Like it's, it's addicting. Yeah. I always kind of compare it to a video game and you also being kind of a gamer and then something I'm not, which is an athlete. Do you kind of find <laughs> something in the middle of that, like Venn diagram of what you enjoy about all three of them? For sure. I mean, the the looking at charts and numbers and percentages and and, you know, candlesticks is like it definitely has that video game feel. But I mean, you obviously have to be careful about that because you're playing with real money here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think there's that part. And then, you know, it is kind of that it is kind of addicting to, like, you know, have a plan and have that plan work out in a trade. And so, you know, you kind of see. You take an entry that you like, and then when you see that happen, like that's an addicting feeling to feel like, oh, like, you know, the plan that I had worked out. And so um, I do feel like there's that. And then obviously, I mean, I would say 90% of the athletes have addicting personalities. And, and when you have that like pattern and of repetition over and over and over again, you know, that's kind of what we do. <laughs> so has basketball and trading ever conflicted like your mindset in either one of those? Uh, whether it be like, you know, you're not happy about the way that you played and you come back to trading next morning and you're, you know, I don't want to call it revenge trading, but like, you know, you're thinking about that last night or vice versa. You know, I, I assume that it's probably, you know, basketball into trading. Um, ha has it confl uh, conflicted your mentality at all? Or do you, can you keep those separate? No, I, I, I can keep them separate. Um, I would say, you know, a lot of, a lot of trading is, like psychology so you do have to i have to be careful if i'm like frustrated or had a bad game going into something the next day and kind of try to be a little bit more mindful about what i'm doing and not trying to you know because when you feel bad you want to feel good so i'm not trying to force something to make myself feel better <laughs> yeah you uh you majored in psychology at duke didn't you yeah i did and you like went to the classes and stuff <laughs> i did yes did uh do you ever kind of see things in trading or from other traders where you're like, if only they knew this part about like what part of psychology do you see that you kind of take from your college classes into trading? Uh well I've I've always thought so the the part of psych that I studied the most in college was behavioral psych. So I've always kind of tried to be more mindful of that just from myself because I've read so much stuff on it in college. Um, so, I mean, in, in trading, you see it all the time, like getting FOMO, um, chasing something, liking something when it's green, hating it when it's red, uh, that sort of thing. And I think that's all feelings that you have to fight. And I think it's, uh, 
um the FOMO thing for me was at first the the biggest thing, like just understanding that there are thousands of stocks out there that you can play. So you know, if you miss out on one, there's another one somewhere that you can go find. So is your strategy uh, pretty systematic or like to where you say, OK, it has to have this this and this or is it kind of like you know you'll see it mentioned somewhere whether it be discord or twitter and then you do a little bit of dd like w- walk us through your process a little bit it's very very systematic so um most of the time it's bottom out small caps or growth stocks and a lot of a lot of the way how i trade comes from uh radio silent play on twitter um so I basically at this point, because I have this strategy down is I use Twitter or Discord as a scanner. So if I see something mentioned and I can get the entry that I want on it, then I'll take it if I like it. Um, it's most of it has to do with uh, having a, a bottomed out chart near support where I can have like a clear floor level that I get out of. Um, and then usually it has to do with a hot sector or some type of theme. So I was um any a and y ftft uh btcm all these kind of crypto small caps i was accumulating at this bottomed out floor level and those have run for me a lot recently um so yeah, the closer say, i can get to the good fl- week <laughs> yeah i mean any i was in at 1.4 i think and uh, i yeah. hit six yesterday damn yeah <laughs> I, I didn't even get into like 250 uh <laughs> I didn't even get until 250, and I mean, I, I still made a good yeah, buck on that. We got to hit up them for the, the front <laughs> Yeah, I know, for real. I mean, <laughs> shit. So, I mean, it's, it's uh, so basically I'm, I'm finding a floor level, accumulating near that floor, and then um, I don't use a stop loss, so I'm kind of taking on a little bit more risk from that. But if whatever level I have there as my floor or support level, like two consecutive red closes below that, and I'm out. So that allows me to kind of just... I don't have to look at it throughout the day. I'm just more interested in where it closes. Have you noticed like uh, some it being kind of tougher as, as this market's been kind of, although it's been heating up a little bit, but past couple months-ish, uh, that strategy where it just seems like two red closes in a row just seemed pretty probable on a lot of stocks? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, so what I had to kind of do was start to switch out where I was taking profit and just take it sooner. Yeah. So when I was buying at whatever I had my floor as, it would go 10 or 20% up and then go down and find a, find a new low. Um, so I just had to start scaling out earlier. Um, it took me a while to realize that. So I was taking, you know, the average loss that I take doing that is like five, six, seven percent usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then usually start scaling out above 15 um when it's hot like it is now i'm waiting a little bit more damn yeah I, i'm gonna be honest dude uh i really didn't expect to be so systematic into yeah you know, i'm really like data. i'm kind of impressed right now i'm kind of like damn oh shit okay uh yeah so i mean i you know i mean i'm i'm, I'm impressed dude like that's so cool um <clears throat> as far as as far as some of your swing trades is it pretty much like do you ever uh let me see do you is it mostly just charts and hot sector or like do you ever really go into it and you're and you really believe in it and yeah are like, you ever you, doing the dd yeah like no. are you ever like emailing somebody like yo like i i what's up with this company you know like 50 million market cap like are, are we sending news or something like what's going on here like no. are you like dming like their company on, no like, that's your, just uh, you fair- man no, yeah, I'm not in it that far. That's just you. <laughs> uh, do you have any other like uh, teammates that you get into trading or anything? Uh, so, uh, Jonte Porter, who was on uh, the Grizzlies with me, he was like, you know, if you if you're impressed by me having a system like his is even better than mine. Um, he actually has his own. Twitter, where his own like trading Twitter, where he's <laughs> t- tweeting out plays. Um, and That's I so want to say he's like working with somebody. I hope I'm not saying something that I'm like spilling the beans for him or anything, but I want to say he's working with someone on like a, a trading algorithm or AI um, that he, cool. that him and someone else are building. 
Um, but he's really into it. He's a big options trader. That's what he focuses on. Okay. I like the, I mean, I like the idea of cool. NBA players having uh, FinTwit accounts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, this is not. <laughs> this is not. not. Not Kevin Durant trades. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Hey, guys. I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. So I guess kind of moving on from trading into some... uh you know, general questions. So what do you think is more stressful, being a college star athlete or child movie star? And I don't know why I said child star athlete, college star athlete or child movie star. One, you have everything you ever wanted, but kind of don't have a childhood. The other, you live out your dream, but have hundreds of thousands of old guys kind of criticizing your play. Um, probably child movie star. Yeah. You don't see me Disney, uh, you know, work out the Disney curse. <laughs> I feel like, you know, at least if you're in college, at least you're 18 by then. Child movie star, you're like criticized starting at 14. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't think I'd be able to handle Twitter after a bad game. Oh, I, dude, I can't handle Twitter after a bad trading day. <laughs> after, after a bad game, dude, I, I don't know how you guys just don't sit inside the comments and just destroy i don't know do you guys okay question do you guys have like like when you guys get into the nba does someone like sit you down and be like yo you can't just like go off on people uh or like do they give you kind of guidelines or is it just like you all know that like you can't go off on people i, I mean i would say most people know that you shouldn't <laughs> do that um i do think though it's kind of changed it's kind of changing a little bit recently where uh, more, more and more athletes are starting to like, you know, like clap back at somebody who, who says something on Twitter. Um, and I, I think a lot of people are actually liking it. So I think, I don't know if there's as many people telling you not to do it anymore, but, um, uh, yeah. please do it. Yeah. I mean, so, some of the, some of them are fun. Like the CJ McCollum, I'm trying Jennifer to the win a playoff game or whatever, or series. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but you know, others are, you know, kind of crazy. What's harder, trading or being traded? Well, being traded is easy. I don't have to do anything. I just, you know, move. Well, moving, that sucks. Yeah, yeah I got to move too in a couple of okay. So you're okay with change? Yeah. Like you're, like you're cool with change? Yeah. I, like my, after my, so I got, this is my second time being traded. So I got traded mm -hmm. from yeah. Utah. Um, and that one, because it happened so quick, was just like a complete shock. Like I had, like... I had no idea. Yeah, right after a 40-point game, too, man. <laughs> what the hell? I had no idea it was about to happen. I had no idea it was a possibility. I'm like, these guys just drafted me the year before. I wasn't even in Utah for a year, right? Um, but this one, you know, i am obviously been in the NBA three years now. I've had a bunch of people. I've had someone get traded every year for my team. So um, you obviously start to feel like it's just a normal thing, more of a possibility. So I got the call this year. At least both times, I'm just happy I didn't find out on Twitter. I found out from the organization, which is... Oh, that'd be the worst. Oh, shit. Sometimes guys just find out straight from Twitter. So, 
but at least I found out from somebody. So I had, I wasn't just completely blindsided. Oh, you didn't find out from like your agent. You found out from like, like somebody in an organization. Like the the first, first time I was traded in Utah, I was actually, I was actually working out in their facility. Like I just started my lift for the day. And so I wasn't on my phone. And so one of the, the, one of the coaches ran in and grabbed me real quick before I went and looked at my phone. So he could, so they could tell me. And then this year I was just sitting at home and got the call. You were uh, you're like th- the only off-season moves the <clears throat> move the Bucks really made. I guess they, you know, they just won the championship and they they thought, "Hey, you know, we need one more thing." Gets Grayson Allen. I mean, that's got how's that feel? Uh it's it's pretty cool. Um, you know, they they signed Rodney Hood, signed Shimmy Ojale. Um and then, but I mean, it's, it's a, there's, there's one side of it, of a team not wanting you. And then there's another side of it, of a team wanting you. So you just choose to look at that side. So it, it's cool to, that the Bucks, like the defending champs traded for me. So um, I'm pretty excited to join that squad. Yeah. How, how do you think about it? Is it, is it, was I traded away or was I traded for? <laughs> traded for. <laughs> you got to spin it positively. Exactly. That's like my when I got traded my rookie year, it was like me and like four or five other people for Mike Conley. So I was like, oh, I was traded for an all-star. <laughs> That's what I told them. Yeah, traded for an all-star. Yeah, about the same equal value. <laughs> uh, now, what do you think will be like the pros and cons that go into like uh, the defending champs? Or is there any, anything with the nerves with that one? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's just expectations and pressure on your season, I guess. So last two seasons with Memphis, like we had, we had a very young team. So there's zero pressure or expectation from the outside for us to succeed. Like it, I think we surprised people by making it to the bubble, making it to a playing game, playing in the first round of the playoffs this year. Um, so that obviously all changes when you play for the defending champs, um, a team that's in a position to repeat. Did you feel like that with Duke? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Duke every year feels like a Final Four or bust type of season. Yeah, nah, dude. Um, that your your freshman season when you went off in the championship game after, oof. You know, I'm yeah, and and you're moving there to Wisconsin. That's kind of funny, man. Yeah, when I got traded, the amount of Wisconsin fans that just absolutely hated the trade uh, just <laughs> popped up on Twitter. So I just got traded, and I go on Twitter and. There's zero excitement from <laughs> the people of Wisconsin. They're like, why, why did we get this guy? I hate this guy. Yeah, no, and I and your last tweet was at me, and all of them kind of came at the woodworks and started responding to that one. And I'm like, hell yeah, notifications. <laughs> um, but no, I mean that that's gonna be uh it's gonna be a lot of fun. Even Dude, we can't wait to come to a game. Like we're <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have to study for like two weeks. Like, uh, on basketball terms. But you did just mention the bubble. Uh, and you, were, you were shooting lights out there. You shot, you shot like 50% from three. Like how, what made people in the bubble just go nuts? You know that like basketball court you see like Carmelo Anthony in a hoodie in every summer where he drills 83s in a row? <laughs> it was like, why was it like that? Dude, uh, I can answer that. No women. Hey. <laughs> you think that's why? Yeah, dude. Adrian Peterson is uh, doesn't have sex all or didn't have sex all, you know, football season. Look at him, you know. <laughs> I'm be celibate I, during my trades now. I, I think it's I think it's more just because it was more just like pickup. Like if you go and and see any NBA player play pickup, like most of the time, their lights out. So I think that's what that that atmosphere that atmosphere was more just like going to play a pickup game. That's what um what's your favorite like and least favorite away trips? And do you think it'll change as you maybe it'll be Memphis now? You go <laughs> off there. Um. Yeah, I don't know. So I actually got I've gotten booed in NBA arenas and. <laughs> I know Indiana did for sure. I'm pretty sure Milwaukee did when I was there before. Um, That's an awesome feeling. Charlotte, like, you get booed in Charlotte. Just the the Northeast. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so I mean, but as far as like an actual, like going to the city, like when I get to the city, I I set up my laptop and I play video games. So the whatever city <laughs> we're in doesn't really matter. It's just a hotel room for me. Damn. Yeah, dude, that's that's my. Uh, I, I've been traveling a lot, but it's usually just to like go see like Tommy and Dave's concerts. My mom will be like, "Hey, you're traveling all this. Do you like the city?" I'm like, uh, "The hotel is nice, and then the concert venue was cool." And the uh, airport was also not that bad. <laughs> uh, okay, so how hard was Duke academically? And be honest, um, it's difficult. the 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 part that a lot of people like people just assume you don't do your work, but the as an athlete, yeah. the The part that was really helpful at Duke is that the professors would actually like work with you. So it's not the extreme of oh, you don't have to do any work and it's the but the thing is that like if you're on the road for two days and you're supposed to and you miss two classes and you have a paper or something coming up like getting a 48 hour extension on a paper or coming in to take a test at a later date is usually what ends up happening so it's people think like oh you can't do your work you know you're in the tournament you're traveling all the time you have practice all the time it's usually teachers are nice enough to get like a 48 hour extension on a paper or something that you have to do how was um what was like college life like before and then after the national championship like i went to auburn and after chris davis ran that ball back against alabama in 2013 he wasn't able to go anywhere <laughs> yes i mean i i went from you know, six foot four white guy blending in on campus to after that, everyone knew who I was. So it was a very quick change. Like before, I wasn't even still playing get back before there that. at all. Um, I, I haven't been in since COVID. Um, but before that, I would try to go back during the summers. I'm definitely going to try to catch a game this season for Coach K's last season. Oh, yeah. Do you have any good uh, Coach K stories? Um, did he like you? <laughs> um, I mean, I got a few. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if he, I'd get a call after. He, he, yeah, he dude, probably, we're not that big. He's, he's, we're he's not retiring. That big. He probably man. watches yeah, TGIR. So next, he episode. probably does. But let's assume that he doesn't. I mean, I, I, we we can assume he does on the treadmill. You know, he listens to to Hugh and Dan talk about He'll probably small caps. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. All right, man. Whatever. We'll I'll wait till we'll check with you after. Yeah, yeah. You'll come back. Yeah. Um. So you have to come back in a year and a half. Yeah. Um. All right. I got got one more special NBA question. What's it like playing as yourself in 2K without being a my player? <laughs> um. It was very weird at first, but like really cool. That was. I mean, I played 2K my whole life growing up, or NBA Live before 2K got popular. Um, and so I was always creating myself and putting myself into the game. But it's actually weird because now that I play in the NBA, I don't really like playing 2K anymore. Because you're like, Grayson, like, damn it, <laughs> make that shot. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not paper trading and yeah. trading at the same time. I guess, I guess it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> yeah, Grayson, why are you so damn slow? Get down there, damn it. Like, I'm way faster than this in real life. <laughs> Fuck. Um... <clears throat> So for video games, just because I'm a nerd too, uh, what is what is your like video? I, I know you mainly play Apex, but yeah. I mean, I've always been like a one game kind of guy. After I got out of Pokemon, it was like Guild Wars, Halo 3, World of Warcraft, like Fortnite, Overwatch. And it was like, that was it. Uh, for me, like the first games I really started to get into um, were Halo 3. And then Call of Duty World at War. Those are my first two, like, full-on addicted Did you games. get into, like, MLG, like, uh, shit playing, back then? Uh, game battles and stuff like that? Yeah, 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 sure. yeah. Dude, I, yeah, I, I would watch them all live. Like, when it was Final Boss versus Carbon in Halo 3, like, Capture the Flag on the pit. Yeah. Man, that was, there was nothing better. Yeah, so <laughs> I've pretty much progressed along different first-person shooters since then. That's mainly what I play. So, are you are you like are you nice? Are you good? Um, yeah. Dude, I mean, I follow I, I follow the Instagram. I, I uh, I, so I mean, this this is 
getting like top apex has a ranked system so there was like when i actually could play it consistently like i was top 500 in that for i've been that like two or three times in their ranked system so um like i i, I play for real like if i if i do something like um i'm gonna do it yeah that's why i was always one video game yeah. at a kind at a time kind of guy yeah i saw you won um the there's a twenty five thousand dollar tournament with a bunch of other athletes wasn't there i saw it on your youtube yeah i don't think i won how but... oh i well you then you clickbaited me i didn't watch the 25 minute video but the thumbnail made it seem oh, like, like you on won, youtube okay? yeah oh i i think yeah i think you're mixing two i think i played in one that was for 25k and then one another that was for free oh, okay I, well shit well I, you know i try my best but yeah i mean uh like it's uh i ended up playing it's like when during covid like everyone had a warzone tournament everyone had some type of tournament going on that was on twitch so i played in a few of those and Who, who's like your all-star nba uh gaming lineup first person shooter um i would say shimmy ojale devin booker um josh hart josh hart um forgetting a few people devin booker's really good we had like a, a nba like 4v4 or 5v5 like call of duty little mini tournament one time and um book is nice he's really good at call of duty he seems like a nice dude too like just he's got like a nice genuinely nice face i feel like like because <laughs> uh, you know i mean i'm not a big he watched, he watched guy. the finals and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he, listen, listen, he, listen. Had, he had a broken it's, nose and he's like damn i feel he looks like a nice guy that's a good guy right there <laughs> Uh, okay okay i wasn't gonna ask this but oh boy. since you have the ira you know i feel like you know you, we're, you're part of the gang now so uh okay what was did did you have like a frivolous purchase that was just like ridiculous like a car or like a chain or like a nothing literally nothing, nothing. like what okay what was your biggest purchase to date your place I mean, my house yeah so i bought yeah. this cash less than or a financed? year ago cash. you got you got to go on the uh that show where they ask athletes what yeah. they spent with their first <laughs> signing bonus he'd be very impressed i'm trying to think what's the actually what's the biggest thing that purchased um other than my house like my car is on a lease right now what are you driving audi a6 Okay. Okay. Like nothing okay. crazy. Okay. Um, okay. All right. I'm not sweating as bad anymore. I'm not sweating yeah, as no, bad. No. Dude, no we need to get purchases. you in a Lambo with a chain. Ooh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Get... You're a horrible influence. Go, go straight to the Richard yeah. Mel. Oh. No, dude. This is this is exactly why we fight on this podcast. This is this is exactly why. Um. Okay. But, All right. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we're about done unless uh, unless you have a like groundbreaking quote we can send to Bleacher Report. Uh, you know, that's breaking always news helpful. That no. you want yeah, to break on PGIR. News. You know, new sponsorship. You know, if you guys would have been ready to record and release this, I could have told you thirty minutes before Twitter knew that I was traded. We could have could have broke that. Dude, oh, that would have been. Dude, I was. Dude, I woke. Penny's going in woes. <laughs> dude, if you said to all oh my. That that would that would have been epic. Like, hey, decent sized trade going on on a boring Friday. <laughs> I was I was at lunch, man, dude. I was. But, uh, I couldn't get service when we were talking about. It. I couldn't get service, and uh, I I couldn't get service. I'm like walking out of the restaurant, like trying to get service the whole time, uh, waiting for it. Mm, yeah, it's kind of it was kind of weird to find out before Twitter this time because it was like thirty minutes before Twitter. You should have you should have just tweeted it. Yo, uh, <laughs> I've been traded. That would funny. It's like I actually had like my I, girlfriend didn't believe me when I told her. She's like, I don't see it on Twitter. You're lying. You're joking. Yeah, when I heard about it, I searched it on Twitter and I was like, Huh? I could tweet this and I'll be first. Dude, I'm like I'm like reading old I'm like reading like old articles like. Is this is this like, like is, it, is this I old didn't know news? he played for the Jazz. Yeah, yeah. He played for the Grizzlies. 
I'm like, I'm like waiting for it to upload on Twitter, you know, to update and stuff. And I'm like, dude, this shit is so damn slow. Like, fucking update, <laughs> bitches. Ah, oh. oh man. All right, next time we uh, PGIR breaks it. Next time, yeah, dude. I'm a. I'm- yeah, I'm. <laughs> dude, no, I'm an I'm an OKC fan, so we'll probably get you and a couple first round picks or someone next year. So, uh, all right, man, it's it's been a blast. Thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate and, it. Yeah, uh, thank you. Good luck in Milwaukee, and thanks to all the new Milwaukee uh, listeners that we'll have from this uh, podcast. <laughs> first interview since Stick the around. trade. <laughs> yeah, bre- breaking right here. All right, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks, bro. It. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.